Welcome to the Roadie Friday Podcast with your hosts, Darren Makins and Jose Escudero. Harrisonburg, Virginia. For a second, I thought you were going to say Harrisburg. Nah, Harrisonburg. <laughs> I don't know where Harrisburg is. Uh, it's like hour and a half from. Oh, that's where we met up for uh, the, the 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 second time I ever met you at the seven at the Seven Dust gig at. at uh, oh, okay, okay, yeah that that uh, that venue. <laughs> it was like an old house, but it's like or like some like. It looked like an old house. I couldn't. <laughs> and they had a venue upstairs. It's yeah, so weird. So are we talking about our feelings today? Yeah, I guess so. That's uh, that's the word on the street. <laughs> uh so Jose, I'm not sure if you even know this, but uh full disclosure, I I am in therapy. Oh, I, I see, didn't know that. Yeah, I see a therapist weekly. Uh I saw I saw them on the road. I tend to hide it from everybody that I'm on, but I uh I not a sponsor, but I I I see a therapist through BetterHelp. And yeah. like it's 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 been a game changer. Um but today we're just uh I I know I know I know we talked about a few things that we might want to talk about today. Oh, there's no guest yeah. today. I'm not sure if uh, anybody caught on. It's just it's just Jose and I talking about our feelings. Yeah, we're uh, going uh, we're we're doing our solo project today. <laughs> Doing the solo project. Oh, before we get started, Jose, what is Roadie Friday? <laughs> Roadie Friday is a show day, uh, but there's no show the next day. It's a, the last show day uh, before a day off. Yep. Uh, traditionally, crew members will wear Hawaiian shirts. Some tour managers don't like it and would rather prefer you be a little bit more professional but it depends on the camp it depends on the general vibe if you're able to get away with wearing hawaiian shirts on roadie friday but it's just like everybody else's friday except you're a roadie which you know it means you have a show today but no show tomorrow and road crews will typically let a little bit more loose after the show to to put it uh (laughs) so yeah (laughs) to say the least to say the least so uh yeah, back to the topic at hand though. Um I see a therapist uh and it's awesome. And the the reason that I really enjoy doing it is because I I've for years and years I've been a person that would always bottle up my emotions and then let it explode in an extremely unhealthy way onto other people. And through various forms of therapy over the past few years um and it's 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 kind of irresponsible to uh burden stuff like that onto other people like a relationship or friends or anything like that so i just i hired somebody that lets me talk through everything that i'm feeling and then at the end of it i'm like (sighs) and (laughs) i'm like a hundred bucks uh poorer every time but you know Everybody's got to make a living. Yeah, yeah. And someone's got to hear all our bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and and there's a lot of it. Like, you know, as as discussed in in the other episodes, like 
our job is a fun job, but there's still ha- it still has its fair amount of stress when it comes to it. It does. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Cool topic. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, not a not as fun as all the other ones, but uh you know, but it's part of like all of our realities uh and it's a topic like I've been wanting to talk about for a while. Uh even uh a few days ago, uh we were loading in for our first show in Tampa, uh, our first show of this tour and uh I mentioned it to some of the crew guys on the on the other band and uh yeah they're like we we had a little conversation about it about uh mental health on the road about you know the adapting uh you know the constant it's actually like a constant state of adapting like because you don't just adapt to going back home like you have to like readapt to being on tour and it's like this constant state of uh having to uh adapt to your you know new surroundings all the time yeah absolutely um and like how to how to deal how to cope like yeah how how we all deal with all that yeah and of course we're all human beings everybody tends to deal with things in their own way and in different ways and like i mentioned mine before it used to be like uh bottling up all my emotions and letting it all explode in an unhealthy way but uh you know i've I don't know where I was going with that, but um, I know for for some roadies, and I mean, it might depend. Per, again, it's something that depends person to person. But for me, I have what I call road road Darren, and I have home Darren, and they are, for all intents and purposes, two completely separate people, like with their own different personalities, and that's just kind of how I I I don't want to use the word cope because. For for me, coping is like it's something that you that you do to deal with really hard times. And I I enjoy being on the road. I absolutely love yeah. it. Um, but as we said before, it does it does present its challenges at times. And Jose, I, I know you've told me before that that you you have, and I I, I certainly feel the same way in some aspects. Um, there's the adjustment of returning back to your domestic life after being on the road for so long you know there's there's time shit there's times where i'm even like the first time i get into a car after not driving for six weeks and i'm just like oh yeah how do i how do i do this (laughs) like there's there's one tour in particular where it it was the end of a six-week run and the first time that i drove i drove uh I, i was dropping my girl off at work at the time we only had one i think we only had one car at the time uh no we had two cars at the time irrelevant to the story i was dropping her off to uh into philadelphia and that was my first time like being in city traffic and i'm just like east coast drivers tend to be a bit more on the aggressive side and (laughs) and so it's just like fighting with this city traffic while i haven't driven for six weeks yeah the other thing that i wanted to the other that it's not really a subject but like even before uh coming on and having and you know starting to record this podcast for some reason i started having the same jitters like i love therapy and i hate it all at the same time because i have to actually talk to another person about my feelings and a lot of people people in general but in particular on the road as well and i'm sure you notice it as well jose they have this like hard exterior 
you know? Yeah. But we're all, we're all humans. Um, and I'm going to use that phrase a lot. The people that I meet on the road, they have this hard exterior, but they're like really, they're, they're in my opinion, I think they're just masking uh, insecurities and things like that, that they might have on the inside. You know, they're, they're hard on the outside, but chocolatey nougat on the inside. And, <laughs> and so I was, I was having those same feel. Like I have, I'm a human being as well. I had those same feelings. So jump before jumping on this call with Jose, um, I started getting those pre therapy jitters where I'm like, I'm just, I'm walk like, I took my dogs out and all that stuff and did all the stuff that I had to do. But then I was just pacing around the house like, uh, okay, I gotta, I gotta feel things and I don't like that. And that's just, that's basically what I was doing for five minutes before I got on the call. (laughs) No, I was, uh, I was kind of just spacing out, uh, (laughs) cause I, uh, cause I'm, (laughs) you know, I'm on tour right now. So my body's hurting and I'm just like trying to like, keep still like so that i don't hurt tomorrow when i gotta do work again uh but yeah like at one point when we decided that this was going to be our topic uh i did get like a sense of jitters of like huh, like how's that gonna go because in my case i don't have a therapist uh i highly recommend it uh, yeah no i i've definitely thought about it but you know like these aren't things that i've uh necessarily like spoken through yet uh I've just kind of been dealing it with however, you know, however I know how, or like, however I think is best, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes I have my bad days. Sometimes it's fine. I don't know where I'm and, going with that either, but no, no, no. <laughs> not and, today, and so, today, 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 it's still a good day. Uh, you know, I'm going good. We're just getting started with tour too. So I'm excited to be out here. Yeah. And definitely like at the beginning of the, uh, of tour, that's when you tend to experience the most challenges just because you know, not, you might've toured with this artist several times before, but it's a whole, like, it's a whole new, you know, all the other artists on this tour, uh, you guys did a European run with, uh, Mammoth, but you know, there's different crew members and people come and go in, in crews as well between tours. So it's a matter of imagine your office for, for people that don't work on the road, imagine your office changed staff every three months and within those three months you have to figure out how to work as a cohesive unit quickly obviously it'll it'll come with its stresses and it'll come with its good days and its bad days um i'm a proponent of therapy honestly um i i resisted it for a very long time because uh whatever you know whatever reasons whatever bullshit i had going on and I, I was I was more or less forced into <laughs> into therapy. Like it's it's something that like on the outside I said no 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 I'm fine, but on the inside I was like this is probably a good idea. But I'm also somebody that doesn't like spending a ton of money, and you know yeah. obviously obviously when you're when you're when you're freelancing like myself and Jose part of what you're trying to do is get your expenses to be as minimal as possible. And so Mm -hmm. just, I know the thought of adding another bill can be something that can also add its own anxiety, but you know, there's a, there's a program out there specifically for touring techs called backline care, which uh, is something that I found out about through Jose. And 
taking a quick through a lot of the stuff that they offer, uh, it doesn't appear as though they offer direct therapy, but it's more along mm-hmm. the lines of like support groups through Zoom meetings, which, you know, yeah. for the, the traveling professional is a lifesaver, you know, so, or so could potentially yeah. be a lifesaver. And as I mentioned before, not, they, they sponsor a lot of podcasts, not this one yet. Better help. Um, <laughs> but better help has therapists that, you know, they, they, I can schedule them whenever I need it. And it's very flexible to, you know, it, it's on your phone and it, you don't even have to use specifically better help. There's other programs out there that offer basically the same services, but it's, it's, it's a one-on-one with my therapist and we just, you know, whatever it's just like this zoom call. You know, I just have a face to face conversation and I go, so today I'm suffering from imposter syndrome. Like, you know, I was standing here and I had a thought that somebody was just going to come up to me today that I would just feel a tap on my shoulder and I would turn around and there's a guy in a suit and he goes, you know, you don't belong here. Come with me. And you go, well, jigs up. See you guys. <laughs> you know, and it's just what whatever, like whatever you want to talk. And, you know, ther- therapy, therapy is not something that is one size fits all for everybody. It's my therapist usually. We'll start out the the conversation with like a little bit of small talk, you know, as I work in the music industry. So, you know, he'll he'll ask me about the uh my non-touring job, which is what I'm at most of the time. And you'll ask uh, he'll ask how that's going and then he'll switch it to touring and he'll he'll be like, "So, what are some of the bands you're working with? Like, you work with heavy metal?" And I'm like, "Yeah, br- primarily, yeah." You know, and then after that, just one of the things that I actually struggled with in the beginning uh, and caused me a lot of anxiety was I was afraid that I wouldn't have anything to talk to the therapist about. And if that's something that you're experiencing, let me tell you, they know the questions to ask. Okay. <laughs> because my, my first session, I was just like, I don't know what, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to talk about. And they just go, well, tell me about your childhood. And then uh, I, I grew up in a relatively happy household. You know, all families have their thing. And then yeah. something that happened to me in my past, my childhood home burned down when I was six. I think I was 16. And I hadn't re- I hadn't I just put that away in a box in my head. Yeah, I was the one yeah. that woke up. I, I was the one that woke up and discovered the house on fire. Like for, for the full story, um, I just I woke up one day and my bedroom was filled with smoke. And my first thought was we had this batshit crazy next door neighbor. So I was like, he's probably in the backyard burning leaves or something. Keep in mind, this is 3.30 in the morning. And so hmm. I'm like, that that's not a rational thing for somebody else to, for somebody to think that their next door neighbor is just burning leaves at three in the morning. So then I go and shut my, the window in my bedroom. And then I'm treating this like a therapy session. So then <laughs> yeah. as soon as I'm done with that, I know, uh, my bedroom was right next to, was right next to the hallway. And obviously you would need a way to get to and from your bedroom. But then in that hallway, there's a bathroom and I saw that somebody had left the bathroom light on. And so then I'm like, these fucking idiots that I live with, nobody shuts off the goddamn bathroom light. And so I go to the bathroom and I open up the door to flick the light off and I just see flames shooting up the wall and I, I lose my shit. And I, I, I wake everybody in the house. And, and so like the trauma from all of that is just something that I put in a box and threw somewhere. 
And so then I just brought that up casually one day to my therapist and they were like, well, that sounds traumatic. Why don't you tell me about it? And then it was like, and you're like, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that is traumatic. <laughs> yeah. So that like, especially if somebody else points it out, it's just like, God damn, I've never thought of it like that. And so like, that's just, that's just one exact, I'm not looking for sympathy or anything. Like I've talked through it. I'm legitimately fine, but that's just like one example of something that, you know, it was something that I put in a box and I just put it away. Yeah. You didn't know you had to, you didn't know you had to talk about it with somebody like, yeah. And then, and then they're just like, well, this happened. Why don't you tell me about it? And, and then suddenly you're like, oh, I'm still feeling feelings about that. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess like, like you said, like reasons that I haven't done it, uh, mainly it's been like the extra bills. Uh, I get that. That's been like the major thing. You're not, I support therapy and I, you know, know a lot of people who go through therapy and, yeah, like my anxiety, yeah, my anxiety to having to spend the money and get make, like make time for it and all that has, has stopped me. But, you know, at some point, I think I'll, I'll find a time for it for sure because there's, you know, this, uh, you know, I do feel like it's, it's time to like talk to somebody, uh, about, you know, cause I do struggle a lot with, uh, the ever changing nature, even, even as I like a nomadic, you know, person who enjoys the nomadic lifestyle. You know, I, I still feel like there's there's stuff that I need to talk about because there there have been uh, tours uh, where I haven't felt at 100 percent mentally. And it's you know, it, it's you know, it's never anything like to do with the bands, to do with like any of the crew, anyone around me. Like I remember one tour specifically where it, it hit me like really badly. Like it was one tour, like from the very start to the end, I had no like desire to be there and like the shows were great the you know the band was like every band was great like nobody was like after me there was like no beef with anybody but i just had this like feeling like constant feeling of like not not like wanting to be there and yeah that. i've never like i still don't really know why that was the case but you know thoughts like what have i done like why am i doing this like is it too late to like stop touring <laughs> like what are my options like outside of this and uh but and like those like thinking like especially like when when i start thinking to like oh like what are what are my options like outside of touring and i start thinking like what could i do and like nothing even even at that point nothing feels as appealing <laughs> as touring right which, which is like yeah it's just weird and interesting and uh and i'm sure like others like us like have similar situations where they're just not you know not in the right headspace ever like sometimes and you know on their own like we're surrounded by people but almost like essentially like we're still by ourselves because everyone you know everyone has their own thing going and you know days on and you know on days on like everyone's got their job on days off everyone's just off doing their thing like today i'm off and you know i'm doing my own thing i've only i've only seen one other person from the tour today which is uh, our friend chris french we just like walked around today for a couple hours and that was it yeah and i fully understand the resistance because i i i had the resistance to uh for for a long time to actually do it and once i decided to go through with it it's it's probably one of the better decisions that i've made and to the point that you said like you know when you're out on the road you're surrounded by thousands of people every single day you know obviously you're 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 out there killing it playing these you're not playing but there <laughs> we're all out there doing our jobs killing it surrounded by thousands of people every night and once 
once you get back to the bunk at the end of the night, it's just you by yourself. If you lack a proper support system, because, you know, I've got a great girlfriend at home. She supports the fuck out of everything that I do. And this lifestyle that I chose would be extremely difficult for me. I know that there's other people that would deal with it a lot better than I would. But there's okay. So there's there's one there's one moment on tour where I felt uh, I'm going to be completely honest and open about this. Uh, one tour that I worked, I felt extremely disrespected by another member of the touring camp. Mm-hmm. And first thing that I did was I text like I texted my girlfriend. I was like, start looking up flights. Fuck this. I'm out of here. You know, and that's I'm not the person that quits. You know, I've I've always been somebody that sees through on every single one of the commitments that I make. If I say I'm doing something, I'm doing it until the end. And, you know, part of the importance of having a proper support system is she was the one that responded. Is this the reputation that you want in the industry? Do you want to be the guy that walked out mid tour? And no, I don't. (laughs) And she was like. Just stick it out. Essentially quit being a bitch, but like, <laughs> but, but <laughs> said it in a much more healthy way of yeah. like, just, just stick it out. You know, I understand you. I understand you. Your feeling, your feelings are valid. That's most of mental health, to be honest with you, is being able to feel your feelings and have another person validate those feelings. That's basically what a therapist is. Um, you know, you tell them exactly how you're going to, how you feel about something. And I've gone over with, I've gone over my, uh, this scenario with my therapist as well. And just his response was just kind of, your feelings are valid. And the way that you reacted is valid. However, the only thing that I would modify is your actions, how you reacted to it. And, you know, there's no, there's no magical button. There's no secret sauce. Uh, I, I guess I've learned how to s- <laughs> secret sauce is the, the, the phrase that I like to say in this podcast. Apparently I don't use it in my everyday life though, but there's no magic button. There's no secret sauce. It's just a therapy is you and a therapist just trying to figure out what works for you. And you know, that's, uh, when I was having, at one point I was having a conversation with my therapist about the challenges in our respective careers. And we both kind of have the same likes and dis uh, same likes and dislikes. I'm not going to go over my dislikes, but the same likes that we have is just kind of the thing that I'm trying to figure out is equipment is gear. What he's trying to figure out is the human mind and emotions. And Mm -hmm. he really enjoys getting into conversation with a person and figuring out what makes them tick. How do they, how do they feel emotions? How hard do they take a bad situation? And then from there, and it's the same with us. It's like, you know, seeing a guy or a girl playing guitar, but then in your in-ear system, you don't hear anything. So then it's like, fuck, I got to figure that out. Except that it, it might be more of a situation of like, he has a little bit of time to figure it out. Whereas you, it's just like, you got to figure this the fuck out right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So something that you have brought up for Jose on the podcast, and I would be cool uh, if you wanted to cut this and not talk about it. Um, uh, the first episode, you mentioned that you're essentially homeless. Um, <laughs> yeah. Functionally homeless, I guess, is the phrase that I would use. Um, how is that to deal with? Uh, 
you know, it's it's not so bad. Yeah, we don't we don't have to cut this. I I actually like, okay. sort of enjoy enjoy this part of like my life. It's enjoyable. Like I like I like exploring. I like seeing new places. And uh, essentially, like back in June, I don't know if I mentioned all this in the podcast because I mean, I've said this to so much, like talked about this to so many people already. But essentially, back in June of 2022, while I was on tour with Nonpoint, my landlord, yeah, you were there. <laughs> uh, my landlord called me and uh, said he was selling the house that I was living in. So I put my stuff in storage and I've just been bouncing around ever since. But what that opened up was like me being able to use, you know, the money that I would use on rent to go visit other countries. So since then, you know, spending, I started like spending my off time. Like, you know, I, I still go back to Austin, you know, cause I got to pack my shit. <laughs> but, uh, whenever I have like a few weeks, I like to go to other countries. Uh, as of right now, I went to Vietnam and then I went to Colombia. And spend some time there, you know, and I'm just like using that time and that money, those resources like elsewhere to like explore and be even more of a nomad <laughs> of sorts, explore uh, places I've never seen. And that's been cool. That's been cool. So I'm like, and it's something I had thought about for a long time and never had been able to do because I always had to pay rent, you know, always, and especially living in Austin and, you know, it's just pretty expensive. Uh, I never felt uh, the financial security to be able to pay rent and travel. So I guess I was like kind of forced into it, uh, but I'm not mad about it. <laughs> it's It's been kind of cool, uh, but I'm sure that <laughs> that has caused, uh, you know, other issues that I'm, you know, might be unaware of uh, just not having anywhere to call home, you know, no, that that's actually something I haven't felt in a long time. Like when you're, when you're done with tour and you go home, home, you know, I do remember that feeling, uh, that sense of like, ah, okay, I'm done with tour. I'm just, this is where I'm going to be for the next, you know, few weeks until I got another phone call. Yeah. Until, until it's time for the next tour, but that's something I haven't felt in a while. And yeah, I mean, I don't really know. <laughs> what else to say about it? Cause it's not, yeah. Like I said earlier, it's not something I've really dealt with. It's just something that is ongoing and, uh, and I'm just going with it, you know, for as long as I can, really, I, you know, there's still more places I want to go visit and all that. So I'm still not in a place where I want to find that like home base situation. Yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my life right now. <laughs> Maybe at some point in my twenties, that would have sounded super appealing, but now, yeah. As soon as I'm as soon as I'm done touring, the only thing that I want to do for like a solid 24 hour period is just go to my bedroom and stare at the ceiling, like not even put <laughs> not even put on a podcast, not even put on any music, nothing like. Yeah. And I'm grateful for the situation that I'm in because uh, my girl holds down the house while I'm away. She has to take care of both dogs. What are some, like, we've talked about the stress, uh, some of the, that at times, you know, touring can be stressful. What are, what are some of the situations that you find stressful, both about the show and potentially about not the show? (laughs) I mean, a really, a really like big one is in, in my case, I don't always, uh, or actually don't usually know when the next tour is like, I'll go out on tour and I like, you might ask me, yeah, so what do you got lined up after this? And I'll be like, well, after two weeks from now, I have no idea. <laughs> I have right. like, no idea what my schedule looks like. I don't know where I'm going to be. Uh, I don't know when the next tour is. Uh, 
that hasn't been the case uh, as of late, uh, as at least till right now. I know what I'm doing till July, uh, which is pretty cool and unusual that's, for me. <laughs> that's so great. Yeah, but yeah, like that—that's a big one. Sometimes, like when you don't know uh, when the next tour is, and not that it's the case anymore, but you—you you know, there's still a little bit of PTSD left from the COVID days. To like when you you start thinking like damn like was this the last like was this it like am I am I gonna get to tour again like did the did the band like me that I that I fuck something up and now they're not gonna call me you know it's like <laughs> oh, you never yeah. really know so dude that's uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you but that's one of the big things is like I'm not I'm not a person that can <laughs> read subtlety or anything like that like and yeah you have to like scream it in my face before I finally understand like, Oh, like, uh, you, you know, if I'm, if it's during a show or something, you know, it's, it's, it's something more that I notice. But like, for example, yeah. if a band likes me or not, like I yeah. wouldn't be able to tell you until yeah. they, until yeah. they tell me, <laughs> like yeah. I just, I have. And so if I'm in a situation where the band hasn't been like, Hey man, you're doing great. Keep, keep up the good work then I have no fucking clue. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's there's i don't need to get into that but it's yeah. it's it's yeah and I, I like sometimes uh sometimes i like to think that no news is good news but there's always that little voice behind your head like uh like what if no news isn't good news this time like you never actually know unless you get the good news <laughs> right right because i've mentioned before that i've been laid off from a job and that was a traumatic experience in itself you know being pulled into an office and saying uh because I, I honestly thought when I was laid off from my last real job, I went into the meeting thinking uh, because the third shift had been cut. So I went into the meeting thinking, OK, I guess we're just going to go and you know discuss my upcoming schedule, what I'm going to do. And they just kind of said, so we're going to be parting ways. And it's just like, well, yeah, it's it was it was only th- I was only three months into the job. Yeah. And so it was like. Okay, uh, that means my income is done. I'm gonna have mm-hmm. to go out and look for a new job. And thankfully, during the meeting, they said um, we're we're not we're not gonna fight unemployment. So if you decide to file for unemployment, you know you're we're, we're not gonna we're not going to contest it. So you should be able to get your benefits right away. Which thankfully that was that was a nice uh, lifeline and uh, not. Not to be, not to toot my own horn as well, but I'm also fortunate enough to have a non-touring job. And for me, that protects my mental health in two different ways. Um, as soon as I come home from the road, I know I, uh, I, I don't face that end of tour fear, you know, as yeah. that, that Jose described before. As soon as I'm done a tour, I go right back to work. Like tour ends on Friday. I go into the office on Monday and that's alleviated it like i said in two different ways the fact that i know that i have a job but it also i can be a bit more selective which with the tours that i want to take and that really helps me by not putting me in a in a situation that i know i'm not going to enjoy and i'm, I'm trying to pick my words carefully here because I, I i like to think that i'm somebody that people get along with easily and i, I i'm mm-hmm. the one that, like and i i tried I, I try to be easy to get along with but i know that as much as you try, you can't please everybody. And so at the end of the day, we're all, we're all just trying to do our jobs and enjoy ourselves. And, and that's why I'm thankful to have a non-touring job because like if something comes up and I've heard things from other people and you know, like, Oh, this, this, this might not be the best situation for you or like, or like I've heard those guys have been miserable to work with. 
I haven't run across mm-hmm. that situation yet, but should it come up, I don't feel desperate to take jobs just because I need a paycheck, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's definitely uh, people that, yeah, like you, I've heard things about and, uh, you know, I do, I'd never want to Why? find what myself you heard? in a, <laughs> <laughs> heard a lot about a lot of people. Uh, yeah, and there's definitely gigs out there that I don't want to find myself in a position that I have to take because, you know, I don't want to take them <laughs> based on no, the I, things I've heard. And And that's not to put... Like, that's not to put down any gig. That's, you know, that's just the reality of the situation. You're not the right guy for every gig, but you don't want to be in the situation to where, like, fuck, I'm not going to survive if I don't take this. Yeah, exactly. Touring is, uh, as we've said before, is 12 people living together in a tight space. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, we've made jokes in other episodes where it's like, you know, you're at the end of the day and you decide to kick your feet up. But then like on the other side of the couch is like somebody else that's trying to watch YouTube videos. And it's just like, hey, man, I'm I'm sitting here. So like yeah. what's uh, in your experience, what what's the hardest part of touring with or, or even being cramped up in a space like that with that many people? Yeah, that's an interesting one, because uh I mean, I guess like in my case, I usually don't I usually don't stay in the bus like throughout the day. And when I wake up in the morning, let's say a, a day off, you know, sometimes you'll wake up a couple hours before you've gotten to the hotel. Even then I'll just like, I'm someone who needs my alone time. So, so I'll like, I'll 100%. stay in my bunk. I'll usually like stay in the bunk till, uh, till we get to the hotel and the keys are on the, once the keys are out in the lounges and the lounge, I'll say, all right, I'm out of here. But I guess like, yeah, I guess like, uh, usually it's at night, uh, after the show is like when, you know, everyone's in the front lounge. And in my case, like I said, like, <laughs> I can't stress enough. Like I need my alone time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll stay up, like I'll have dinner, I'll have a couple drinks, but then, but then it starts being a little much and then I just leave. I just go to my bunk and like go into my little coffin, turn off the, <laughs> turn off the lights and just breathe for a second. Cause, <laughs> cause I've been, yeah, I've been like bombarded with having to be social for, you know, way beyond my threshold already. Oh, 100%. at that point, you know, at that point, I've already been surrounded by people for like 16 hours, you know, it's like, it's a little much. Yeah. And I, I, the fact that you said social threshold, I feel that completely because like I will be mid conversation with somebody when I feel like I reach my social threshold. But yeah. I know that it, but I know that it's as rude as hell to just be like, I've hit my social threshold. You need to fuck off now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so I try to, I try to find a healthy way to like kind of end the conversation so that way I can leave. <laughs> yeah. But. You, you've, you've been around me on tour when I'm just, when like, I will loudly proclaim it. All right. I'm going to go fuck off. And that's yeah, just kind no, of, yeah. You've told me I got to go on my like <laughs> mental health, like, like mental health walk for the next hour. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like, and, and the thing that I learned on my last tour, cause my last tour was nothing but arenas. Oh, I, not nothing but arenas, but it was mostly arenas. There isn't shit around a lot of those arenas. And so like no. a lot of like, when you when you're on like a club tour or something there's like a there's normally like a cool downtown area or i know uh this was a while ago but like adam and i one day adam from nonpoint adam and i one mm-hmm. day just went exploring around uh 
downtown Atlanta. We went to the Olympic Park and he took me to the CNN building and it's fucking rad as shit. And I just, I enjoy, like, not only do I like my alone time, but I also genuinely enjoy walking around and trying to find new places. And so I will kind of, I will kind of mix the two and try to make it my one hour of fuck off time, but also my one hour of exploring time per day. And the issue that I ran into in arenas was there's nothing around it. And so I just kind I just kind of like walked circles around the arena and I had my headphones in and like, I probably looked like a crazy person to the merch people that are trying to set up. And, you know, every two minutes or so, I'm just like, Hey guys, just doing my thing. (laughs) Yeah. And of course this is all done after sound check, after I, I know for a fact that, I'm done all the work that I have to do. Obviously, the job comes first and whatever yeah. responsibilities you need to do. And there have been days where I don't have, I just don't have the time. You know, I was the backline tech for the example that I can give was I was the backline tech for Ice Nine Kills for the last tour. So I was a combination drum tech and guitar tech. And they thankfully have a setup to where it was really easy to set up as I've described before on the podcast. But there were some shows where it's like, I have two guitars to change and I have to change all the drum heads and I have to tune all of them. And that can take a while. Like strings, strings are no big deal. You, you know, as long as you get them stretched out properly and you know, you, you make sure the guitar is intonated and all that stuff, the next straight, the, the, the frets are still in good shape. That takes maybe a half hour it's it's no time at all oh lucky you you got 17 guitars yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you're also working for a legend who i've never met him and this is just me assuming you can confer you don't have to answer but i would assume that he's very particular on the other hand i was working for and that's not to say that you know the people that i was working for aren't particular i was just trying to make a point but yeah you know i i when i set up a guitar i set it up to how i like it and then yeah you know based upon that as soon as i'm done that if there's somebody who's like hey the action's a little high for me i'll be like all right cool let's talk about it you know tell me how you like it and yeah. even like even then at the beginning of a tour as soon as i get the guitars in my hands for the first time i have the music nomad like the 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 metal thingy I make notes mm-hmm. about like how high the strings are and you know just basically I assume once I get the guitar it's been set up by somebody else to the preferences to how the guitar player likes it and I know we're getting technical again in the emotional <laughs> conversation but it, it it trust me so then as soon as I'm done like as soon as I'm done with guitars I have to go change drum heads and drum heads being a drum tech is something I'm I can do. I'm, I consider myself a stronger guitar tech. However, you know, Nate, like duty calls, you get the Mm -hmm. gig. You just, you just got to do it. And so for me, taking, changing drum heads takes a little bit longer, uh, to get it to the tune, to the tuning that the drummer prefers it. And so like on a day where I have to change bass strings and guitar strings and all the drum heads, I might not have time for my mental health walk. Yeah. And those are the days that I tend to be a bit more irritable to be around. So Mm -hmm. if I, if I don't have time for my mental health walk, I usually just try to stick to myself for that day. And I also try to avoid alcohol. Uh, and alcohol has never been a problem for me. Um, 
I, I can say no. Uh, I, I've mm-hmm. during most tours, I don't even drink a single drink until the trailer closes at the end of the night. By the end, by the time the trailer closes, I'm like, I think it's bedtime. I think I'm going to go to bed. And then I usually just go to bed. And so I think, uh, I think this last ice nine tour was probably the most I drank on tour ever. But you also, in between tours, the, you you travel a lot, so I know that the time can fly between tours. Yeah, yeah. After that, I mean, <laughs> December twelfth. Yeah, after that tour, that's when uh, I went to Austin for like six days, then went to go see my parents for Christmas, and then the day after Christmas, I left uh, to do the Seven Dust New Year's run. And that's right. I forgot about that altogether. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was five days straight, which you know. It was all right. At least it was just five days and not a whole tour. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, after that, that's when I went to, I went back to Austin for like a day and a half. And then I went to Columbia for 10 days. And then, yeah, then I'm back here. Traveling the USA. Yeah. I'm off until mid-March. And then after that, I will be in, over the course of the next three months after that, I will be in four separate continents. And I don't even know how many countries. In three Sick. months, it's it's unreal, and uh, I still can't tell you who I'm working for. Yeah, it's it's I'm definitely stocking up. Uh, I'm stocking up on all the uh, all the home the, time. Yeah, the home time and the emotion because I've turned down two tours. I think two. I turned down. I turned down. Can we say? Yeah, I was gonna say. Can we say that? I don't think we should say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can either cut it out or I can beep over it, but. But yeah, yeah beeping um, would be cool because then yeah, be, yeah, let's beep it because because yeah, then then it'll be it'll, people will be so curious. It'll be mysterious. <laughs> yeah, we're so mysterious. I I just well, there was also some on my end. There were some visa concerns because you know when I turned out when I filled out my, I almost said what country I'm going to. I I don't even want to say what countries I'm going to. No, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> there's there's there's. On my visa paperwork for another country, I claimed that I'm not leaving the country between now and when I leave for that country. And then suddenly, if I accept a tour that goes mm-hmm. into another country, you know, that's that's a re- that's reason for the their embassy to come back and say, you said you're not leaving the country in this paperwork when clearly we have records here that said that you did leave the country. So which is it? No, thank you. We're going to deny your visa. And then you're just like shit i'm out of gig yeah yeah and then i hit you up for that gig as well (laughs) and you were like i'm not available yeah no no uh yeah uh they contacted me about that one as well but but yeah i'm not available yeah i think uh i think i've turned down two or three tours in the past few weeks It, it breaks my heart to do just because like you know this is the touring is all i've ever wanted to do and i actually these- i actually one of them was actually uh you gotta beep this here comes the beep uh so i got called to do and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it just it it sucks that i've reached the point in my career to where i'm getting these phone calls uh fairly consistently and it's just like uh, i can't i'm already out yeah no and i get that but the way i see it is like, uh, I see it as like there being an abundance of work and it makes me feel better of like what happens when, when I don't know when the next tour is happening. I'm like, Oh, I got all these calls a few weeks ago. 
you know, and then I feel like, ah, then, you know, it's just a matter of time before I get a call for the next tour that I actually can do, which helps me, you know, when I, whenever I see like that, I'm having to turn down so, so many tours. Like I feel like, all right, cool. That means like when it's time for me, like when it's time that I'm able to accept the tour, there will be a call, you know, and it's not like I'm, I don't feel so insecure that there won't be work. So it, I don't know if we've ever talked like you and I have ever talked about this, but for me, it's always been feast or famine. Like I either Mm -hmm. like I either get four people reaching out for a tour or I haven't had a phone call in months. Like it's it's either one or the other for me. That hasn't been the case for me. (laughs) No, listen, that's that's a good that's a good position for you to be in. I've basically like I'm I'm already booked for this whole year, basically. So it's just. I have between now and December, I have a month off. I mean, not including, not including when I leave for the NDA gig. Uh, that's just me stocking up on my emotional availability. But between now and the end of the year, I have one month off. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And even then, like, bet- like between yeah. that, I'll be working one and potentially a second, uh, job. I think I told you about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You told me. Um, that. Yeah, they want to bring me on second quarter. And I'm just like, well, okay. Uh, I'm going to be gone a lot then. But yeah, like, and uh, emotionally, it's to, to, to bring it back around. Emotionally, it's, it's, it's a really good spot to know that people like you are in demand. And again, where I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for Jose. I'm really not trying to toot my own horn and like brag about it or anything like that. But. You know, for, for me, it, it, it feels like a good spot to be in, especially I was open about this a, a, a few days ago, but the fact that this point last year, I was very, very strongly considering giving up, uh, being a tech. And it was, it, it was that, uh, imposter syndrome stuff that was setting in the, the, am mm-hmm. I good enough? You know, do I deserve to be here? You know, there's, there's one gig that I decided to take and it was a one off and it was, I, I did the gig and it was fucking phenomenal. Uh, I worked for so, that the band that I worked for, they were great to work for, uh, treated me like family. As soon as I got in the, the, the gig was super straightforward. The show was great. Um, and it was the show that I fell in love with casino gigs because yeah. they take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know it sounds super corny and shit, but like that's that's the gig that like and I hold a lot of sentimental value when it comes to places because like there's one that my there's one tour that we went back to Jake's back room in Lubbock, Texas. And like I was pretty emotional that day because it's the first it that was the first venue that I ever worked as a guitar tech. Uh, yeah. Pro- professional full time touring guitar tech. I should say that. And like. And, uh, it was fucking rad. That is rad. Yeah. For me, uh, one of the venues, uh, maybe not for a good reason, but it's uh, the Oriental theater in Denver. Cause like that tour that I was talking about earlier where, uh, I just felt completely lost and empty and just like all the things, uh, was at that place. I was at that theater. I remember just sitting in the bus by myself just like thinking like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, <laughs> it was like, like, what have I done? Like, why am I doing this? Like sitting there, like both confused me and like, uh, you know, I just like was feeling like so many things. I was like, man, like, 
like, what am I doing? Uh, what am I doing with my life? Like what? Like, <laughs> I, I know that I've, there's been times on tour where I'm like, I should be happy right now. Why am I not happy? Yeah. And this was a, this was one of those big moments for me. And like, that's why, like, I remember that venue and every time, like I've been there a few times since, and you know, it's not like it brings, it's not like a PTSD thing. Any like, like, Oh shit, this is like a dark cloud over your head while you're in <laughs> yeah, there. No, it's like, it's, it's like, like, fuck just this like, place, man. you know, I just like it, that, that day just comes to mind, you know, it just, it's a casual thought day. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I just like every time I go there, I remember that. So yeah, it, it's, uh, it's one of those like important venues <laughs> to me. I like whatever reason, you know, one that I would, uh, would love to do that I haven't done. I don't know. Cause like the bands we tour with are like higher level would be, uh, oh, are we talking uh, about venues we want to work. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Repeat your answer. Uh, come and take it live in Austin. Fuck yeah. Cause like those, uh, you know, the people who work there, you know, we're so, whether they know it or not, we're so integral to my progression in the industry. And I haven't, I, I think I've, I've been there a few times and I've worked, you know, one-off gigs with local bands and guys like fire from the gods and stuff like at that place. But shut up. I've never been through on tour and actually I haven't been through Austin at all on tour. Which, <laughs> which, I've been through you know, Philly. Kind of, kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've I've never uh I t- uh, I worked a one off in Philly for Flowbots. Uh, okay. It was like that doesn't a, count, that, but but yeah. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't count. I wasn't on tour. Yeah. Uh so I'm I'm, I'm going to do Philly before you do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't remind me. Um <laughs> I have I have two venues on my bucket list that I really want uh, I had 3 um, oh, bucket list is different. I want to do Red Rocks. Red Rocks is like on my okay, bucket four. list. Okay, four. I have four bucket list venues. <laughs> but yeah, there's. I have four bucket list venues. I've already done one of them, Ma- Madison Square Garden. I will cut this one out because we're doing this one, which I didn't even know. I didn't like. Okay, so uh, so there's Red Rocks. Madison Square Garden. Oh, you did my other bucket list one last night, Ryman. Oh, the Ryman. Yeah, yeah. Just because it's, I'm uh, a history, I'm a history yeah. nerd. Yeah, no, that that'll be a cool one for you, and then you'll never want to go back. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I I I know that I know that the uh, historical buildings tend to be absolutely terrible. Like, oh yeah, I it I is. have I have a suspe- I have a specific one in mind, but I won't. I. I th- think no yes you and i did it together uh but i won't i won't mention it so <laughs> <laughs> yeah no the the ryman that that was my second time at the ryman yeah it's not you know i get it i get the you know because of the lore <laughs> but uh yeah yeah it's not a, it's not a great place to work at <laughs> Uh, I there I, I would I would imagine a venue like that that was built in like the 1800s. You know they weren't built to accommodate buses or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, and rock bands. <laughs> rock bands. Yeah, maybe if it's a country yeah, act or something, it might be a little better. Oh yeah, I'm sure a country would like it would go off there. The thing the thing there also is like it's a seated gig, so it, yeah, that sucks too. <laughs> and and it you know it's not that big, so. It'll sell out quick, which is cool for the band, I guess. But did you sit also, in the seats? Like, no, they are the worst. 
I've never, no, I haven't sat there. Especially for tall guys like us. Jose and I are fairly tall. We're like 6'3", 6'4", and they are not built to accommodate 6'3", 6'4", dudes. (laughs) Yeah, no, I've I've never, I should, maybe next time I should. I've never never sat in the seats. They look like church pews. Well, that's, (laughs) you you know, the the Ryman, we used to be a church. Like, that's, that's why. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, a history, I'm a history. Yeah, I'm a history nerd, and it was basically like it was like it, it was built for like traveling ministries to like come through Nashville and like preach the sermon, and that's all those seats are basic. That's why they're there. It's because it was meant to be a church, and then the Grand Ole Opry started going there, and yeah, you know, you name every successful country act, they were all a part of the Grand Ole Opry at one point. Yeah. So mental health. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I was remembering uh, the tour after that bad tour of mine was the non-point tour where you were on. And I was kind of like, that was a tour where I still didn't feel all like at my hundred percent, which is why you, you like, I was like, you remember, like, I was like, so ready to be done with yeah, tour. Oh, now that, it, now uh, that you mention it. Yeah. 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 So like, I was like, it's like, I was like, that was a time where I was like coming out of that. <laughs> so that's why I was like, yeah. Cause I was there to pull you out of it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. And that's why I was like, uh, kind of like, yeah, still kind of a little bit out of it. I didn't like, I, I needed some off time basically by then and some alone time. The tour that kind of like took me like all the way out of that funk was my tour with a day to remember. But that like, that was the first tour where I got my own hotel rooms and that was huge for me. It was the first time I like felt back at home, you know, like being on the road. The road had always felt like home to me. And then that tour it was starting to seem like not. And and I was like, what have I done? Like, why, why am I doing this? Uh, but then that other tour happened and I realized how much, how important the alone time was for me uh, and how different it would make a whole tour feel just having a few hours to myself or a day, you know, having a day to where like social interactions were optional, you know? <laughs> right. And, you know, not, I'm not saying that that's like, all of my issues. Cause I'm sure there's stuff I haven't like really even thought about, which is why I want to do therapy. I want to, I want to discover what, what all made that happen. You know, like, why did I feel I haven't felt that way since, but I want to, I think about it a lot because I am still constantly on the road and I have this fear of getting back to that point. And I kind of like want to get, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, kind of address it, address it before it happens again, because, you know, same as you, like, I like it is being out here is like, I'm so happy when I'm out here and, uh, I don't want it to become like all my other jobs, you know, like just like another job. And now, and, and then I have to find another job, you know, and it'll probably not be touring when <laughs> that's not something I want to do. <laughs> so, right. So, yeah. Hell yeah. I keep, I keep track of, uh, backline care, like to see if like any of their sessions ever align with, you know, something I can join in, but that hasn't happened yet just yet. So one day. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's another topic that we do want to, uh, cover a little bit further. And that's, that's the topic of maintaining a relationship while you're out on the road. It's something that I've definitely struggled with, but like definitely, uh, reading through backline care, like they have, they, it's not only for the touring professional, but they also offer support to spouses of touring professionals. And 
you know, I, I've seen that. And I've been trying to like gather, uh, you know, those resources, like the backline care. I, I found another one that I, I want to do research on because I think they even have a, a brick and mortar like location in Michigan called the roadie clinic. Hell yeah. And I've been like trying to like see like, what's that about? Like, well, like I kind of like, I'll probably like whenever I have time off, I'll probably like actually go visit and check it out. Yeah. Because it's something that I never had really you know, mental health and what it takes for a roadie to get the mental health they need is something I never thought about or like considered at all before jumping on and becoming a roadie. Well, nobody until, ever does. Yeah. Until I, you know, I was in a bad spot and, you know, I still feel, you know, I never got help and I feel like, you know, it's going to come a point where I might need the help. And, uh, you know, I've been doing the research and finding all these different groups that are tailored to industry, you know, music industry professionals. And, uh, it's really cool. It's really cool that they're out there. It helps like not feeling so alone. Uh, you know, makes you feel like a little scene, you know, someone, you know, that someone's like, you know, someone gets the struggle and is trying to do something about it. And it's, that, that's really cool. Absolutely. I can't, I can't think of a better way to close this, uh, episode out where, where Jose and I get introspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a hard one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. It's, and, uh, and also like, uh, it's also like cool that, you know, this isn't where this conversation stops. Uh, I definitely want to continue, you know, now that we're going to do this every episode, but, uh, oh, yeah, of course. You, know, you know, we'll bring roadies, other roadies on to, talk about this, like what they do, you know, where like for their mental health, like how do they uh, deal with adjusting the home life and all that bullshit? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the whole mental health thing I feel as though is ever evolving and ever changing as yeah. is the industry, different aspects. It, it, it changes all the time. And therefore we have to adapt to how the industry changes and what are some of the challenges that now present themselves because it is changing and you know even even back uh during during the covid times or like when when everybody when everybody was shut down you know there's a okay for those of you who work a job just imagine taking a year and a half off literally nothing this is what a lot of these guys went through a lot of these guys and girls excuse me i i not uh, not to toot my own horn but i'm somebody that if I can't do this, I just pivot and do this. If I can't do this, I just pivot and do this. And so I was like, all right, well, it appears as though we're not going to be working for the foreseeable future. I'm going to go do Instacart. And I did that during the pandemic, kept money coming in. And, you know, I don't know where I was going with that. I'm not rich by any <laughs> means, but it's there's a lot of people that, you know, I, I try to be adaptable, but there's other people that aren't. and I'm not trying mm -hmm. to shit on them at all. People have their own struggles, I guess is what I'm trying to get to. And for the fact that a lot of these people couldn't work for a year and a half, you know, that, that, that did a lot of damage. And I know for a fact that there's people that retired and there's people that, you know, were so thankful to get back on the road, but I, I, I don't think there's a lot of people that, that addressed the, the, the mental anguish that we all went through. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> And address addressing it is step one, you know, obviously saying, I think I need help is the biggest part of the whole thing. And from from there, it accepting uh, 
recognizing that you need the help is step one. Accepting the help is step two. And, you know, that was incredibly hard for me to get to the point where I needed to say I need the help. And, you know, I know that there's I know that there's people that are listening to this that feel the exact same way that, you know, have a hard time saying that you need help. But, you know, you're you're and this is me speaking to the listener directly, but your feelings are valid and it's it's okay. It's okay to ask for help. And there's there's not the 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 stigma to it anymore. There's not. That's that's why that's why I made it a point to at the top of this episode come out and say I'm in therapy. So fucking what? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's all I got, Jose. <laughs> and now the super cool outro comes in, and then I ask Jose what day of the week it is, and he doesn't know. Uh, no, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Roadie Friday podcast. Have a question or an idea? Email us at roadiefridaypod at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Theme music by Ricky Armelino. Editing and production by Darren Makins.